What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I'm Tim Geddes and I'm thrilled to be joined with the Rogue One, Gary Weta. Tim, before the show, you and I were just talking about how, how much fun it is when you and I uh, host together. We always have a good time. It's, it's always the best. And here's the thing. I love my job so much because I find myself anytime I'm doing kind of funny games daily, no matter who I'm with, I'm always excited to be doing the show with them. Like, I feel like the show format allows us to have so many different kind of partnerships. Like, Gary, you're mostly the, the most dialed in one. Like, I feel like you get stuck with Greg, unfortunately, the most <laughs> often, right? It's only when he's gone that you get the, the luxury right. of doing the show with uh, with someone like me or Bless or Janet uh, or Tam. But I get to just bounce around and do the show with everyone. So it always feels like this this little thrill you know I'm like, yeah oh, it's shit, like it's, it's, it's like a potluck every every time you host like who am i going to get this time and you and you and like there isn't a bad there's not a bad tim and someone else combo right like That's you pretty what much I'm saying. You, you fit well with everybody i love it i love it i feel like everyone fits well with everyone but i i do think that i, I got a little that, that, that tim there's something about me you know what i mean there i don't know what it is, is but I'm, I'm a good second fiddle but yes exactly <laughs> there definitely is gary <laughs> i love you so much uh hey before we even get into the show and stuff you just showed me something super exciting so i want to give you your your little pimpage moment oh yeah also just before the show it occurred to me this morning one week from today my uh batman comic the first issue of an eight-part series batman fortress will be in all good comic stores May 24th. I have the, the I, DC just sent me my copies. I got the, the main one here. This is the one that will be easiest to find. And I have both, um, let me see, these are gorgeous. I have both variant covers as well. So there's two variant covers that you can look out for as well. I just posted the first stuff from it, the first uh, kind of panels and dialogue from it and on my Twitter feed if you want to go check it out. But this will be in all good comic stores and presumably, you'll be, I don't know exactly how, but I imagine you'll be able to get like a digital version of it from digital outlets uh one week from today may 24th so i'm very excited about that extremely cool i can't wait to read it i've been getting back into comics a lot recently gary so this is this is an exciting time for me well I'll, i will hook you up tim with some, with some well copies. thank you i appreciate that i appreciate that very much but hey enough about that for now we have to wait a whole week for that right now we are talking about all the video game news that you need to know because this is kind of funny games daily of course you could watch it live on twitch each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or you can watch later on roosterteeth.com or youtube.com slash kind of funny games if you wanted to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free and get the exclusive post show that we do each and every day you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members get the show ad free along with that post show that i was talking about earlier uh some housekeeping for you speaking of patreon people today we're recording a very special episode of the kind of funny games cast at 3 15 pacific it's going to be me andy blessing and jeff grubb joining us we're going to be talking about what 2023 is going to look like in video games after this week's delays gary so many 2022 games pushed to 2023 is it about to be the most insane year ever or are we just going to get a repeat and everything's going to get delayed again we're going to have a great conversation about that uh and also live right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny on the screencast side of things we just recorded uh kendrick lamar mr morale and the big steppers review you can check that out it's live right now um also our top gun maverick spoiler free review is up now everyone's loving it i haven't seen it yet i cannot wait to see it a couple more weeks for that um and a little preview of some screencast stuff that crosses over with the video game thing later this week snowbike mike will be giving his full halo season review 
on the Kind of Funny screencast. Uh, today, we are brought to you by Maple Story and Lumen Skin, but I'll tell you about that later. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Anonymous and Fargo. Brady, for now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four and a half stories today. A baker's dozen. So here's the thing. The half story is actually what I'm calling the zero story. It's a story we already covered yesterday, but I feel like we didn't have our, our, our best and brightest on it in terms of the subject matter. Of course, I'm talking about Fall Guys, and of course, we got Gary Witta. Gary, what, what's your take on all the Fall Guys news from yesterday? Yeah, I'm excited to have the opportunity to come in and, and talk about it. The uh, the big Fall Guys announcement uh, live stream was, was ex exactly the same time as your show yesterday, right? So it was the news was kind of coming in hot, and some of the bigger announcements are actually on the back end of it. So understand why you weren't able to, to kind of go into it in any kind of depth yesterday. Uh, and I probably am the biggest Fall Guys fan in the kind of funnies fam in the kind of funny family. So I'm glad I'm glad to be able to talk about it. My daughter and I both watched the uh, announcement yesterday. We spent the past you know week kind of like guessing what it was going to be, and we kind of mostly had it. I think most of the most of the predictions and guesses were, were kind of right. There were some things that people didn't get exactly right. But listen, I think this is big news. Finally coming to the remaining platforms that it hasn't been on. It's coming to Xbox. It's coming to Nintendo Switch, which, which I think will be the really big one. Finally able to kind of play Fall Guys on the go, handheld, and that's going to be great. And of course, free to play. Uh, which is obviously between coming into new platforms and and going free to play, it's clearly going to open Fall Guys up to like a whole new massive new audience. It's interesting, you know, the whole like, old dead game thing has been kind of dogging Fall Guys for a while. When it first came out a while ago, uh, a couple of years ago, obviously it was massive, right? Fall Guys was like the game. It was very much in the zeitgeist. Everyone was playing it, and then it kind of fell off a little bit, and it kind of fell out of vogue. And other games came along, as as you know, tends to happen. Um, but I think this, I think Fall Guys is going to undergo a big, big renaissance between going free to play and bringing all those Xbox and especially those Nintendo Switch players um, into the mix. I think you're going to see Fall Guys coming back uh, starting June 21st in a big way. And I'm excited because I still love it. I love Fall Guys. My daughter loves it. We play it together. We still stream it on my Twitch channel sometimes. It's still a ton of fun. It's still a game where if I just want to have fun for like 10, 15 minutes, I'll pick it up, do a few rounds. I love that Four Guys is always there for me. And I'm very, very excited about it now finally coming to, I think, a much wider audience. Would you say that your, your playing of it has, has fallen off at all recently? My what? Sorry? Has your gameplay time uh, with Fall Guys, like has it went down in the last couple of months or are you, are you still dedicating the same amount? Oh, no, I mean, even I don't, I mean, again, it's like, like everyone else, when it first came out, I was obsessed with it. I was playing in like Fall Guys tournaments. I actually play, I actually placed, I was a semifinal in a, um, in a uh, professional esports tournament thing. It was an invitational thing that uh, a friend of mine did called Fall Mania. Um, you know, I did my Fall Guys talk show for a while. Like it was Fall Guys all, you know, all the time, 24 seven. And again, like even like really big fans of the game, like me, like it's hard to sustain playing a game. Like I don't think there's any game. That I played like I could say, oh yeah, two years later I'm playing as, as much as I was like in the first month. Every game kind of falls off a little bit. But I recently have kind of just been getting back into it. I don't know why my daughter, I think, has been excited about playing it. I got it running on the Steam Deck and she's been really excited about just playing it on the go. Um, and so she's super excited about the Nintendo Switch version being able to play it um handheld. But yeah, we have been kind of getting getting back into it more recently, working our way through the season six, uh, season pass. Excited for season seven. That was the that was one of the other announcements. Kind of a big, um, like Olympic Stadium sports kind of theme is going to be the theme for season seven. Um, and then the big thing they they kind of held this right to the end. They did a one more thing, kind of Steve Jobs moment. And my daughter screamed when she saw this because this is the, literally the one thing that she's been asking for the most. 
level designer. You'll now be able to, I mean, this is under construction. This is probably a way out, maybe uh, later this year or early next, but you will finally be able to design and build uh, your own uh, Fall Guys levels with a special like construction set that they're going to add to the game. So um, I think I, I think Fall Guys is going to have like a 2.0 moment here, seriously, where like so many new people are going to come to it. Because don't forget, it has always been limited to PC and PlayStation owners, all those Xbox gamers, all those Nintendo Switch gamers that might have been interested in it have not had access to it. And now they're not only going to get access to it, it's going to be free. So I think you're going to see a flood, a ton of new players coming to the game, which is going to be great. Uh, a couple uh, ignorant questions on my part. Is it going to be cross-play? Yeah, it, I mean, it is already. It's already cross-play and cross-progression because Epic Games bought it, right? They You now have to have an Epic Games account to play Fall Guys. But once you log in with the Epic Games account, you know, it's like, and that's how cross-play usually works, right? you got to have an Ubisoft or an EA account or whatever. Once you log in via that, you're good across all platforms. So now you're going to be good. Right now, if I play on PC and I, I get, then go play on my PlayStation, that character is going to cross over. If you're on PlayStation, I'm on PC, we can play together. But that's going to extend now to Xbox and uh, Nintendo Switch owners as well. Cross-platform, cross-progression across all platforms. So it's I, mean, that, I love it. Incredible. And combine that with free-to-play and all that, man. Recipe for success here. I definitely, yeah. So I, I, I well, man, like Fall Guys was a moment for me that I had a lot of fun with, but I, I think that I kind of stopped uh, when everyone else did, if not even like a little earlier. And um, I, I'm excited about it because I think that it is such a, a valuable gameplay style. And I do think that a lot of the announcements made yesterday are just only in its favor and only like this is the type of game that should be everywhere and should be free and should be kind of just supported by, yeah. uh, by players more than anything. I think it's the right time in the game's life cycle, you know, for it, for it to, to make this move. Now that it's now that Mediatonic are owned by Epic Games, they can they can afford to you know experiment with going to free to play in a different monetization model. There were some questions on the game. It was very kind of rah rah, you know, Austin Creed, and uh, everyone was like, "Yeah, this is great," and it was like an official thing. So they it was all very like promotional and very hypey. They didn't go into a ton of detail. There were some questions that came out, but they didn't answer. Like, well, how? So if it's free to play now, how do you plan to monetize it? You know, they they they, they do sell DLC packs cosmetics things like that but if it's going free to play you can probably expect like more microtransactions to seep into the model they, they didn't really speak to that other than to say that the, it sounds like there's going to be a premium version of, the, of a season pass like you'll still get a regular season pass for free every season but much like it's similar to kind of halo infinite um there's a there's a premium battle pass that you'll be able to buy they didn't talk about how much is that how much that is going to cost they didn't talk about other monetization will you be able to buy um you know they, they have their own version of like v bucks will, will you be able to buy those now like what other kind of monetization options might they be bringing in to you know mitigate the fact that you know it's 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 free to play like the base game is going to be free they also very specifically mentioned on the pc they never said like, oh the pc version they also always said the epic game store version i don't know i didn't do enough research to kind of dig into this but i think it's very likely that the steam version of the game is gonna go away like currently yeah, you can still I, get I can guys on steam we we read through that uh yesterday uh somewhere i think on the site is that um uh the steam version is going to be delisted if you want to continue playing mm -hmm. on steam if you already have that you have to have it updated and already downloaded right um but yeah i think from here on out or maybe starting june 21st when it goes free for all and uh onto those other platforms i think that's when you're gonna see yeah it. from delisted. epic's point of view it makes sense it's, it's yeah. another way to get people over to the epic game store um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, for me, it's just all, again, we don't have enough details. I would like to know more about how much is this, how much is that premium season pass going to cost? What other monetization options, you know, what, is it going to get microtransaction? I think they will probably try to avoid that again. Epic now is obviously sitting on a mountain of infinite money. They can probably afford 
you know, to run four guys at a loss for a while, even if, if, if they want to, just, you know, because they can. Um, but it'll be interesting to see when a game goes free to play, you always ask, yeah, but it's never, it's never completely free. Like how, how are you going to be asking us to pay for this in other ways? They didn't go into a lot of detail there, but it's basically all, it, it, you know, it's all good. Like the, the, the player base has always been there. People say dead game and that's kind of become a joke that follows the game around, but I can still log onto that game at any time of the day and, and, and be matched up with 59 other players almost immediately. It's not like the lobbies are empty. There's still tons and tons of people playing it, but I think if anything now, it's gonna it's gonna be massive. With again, how many Nintendo Switch players have been waiting to play this? Being able to play this on the go on your handheld is gonna be massive. I can tell you just just from playing it just from playing it on the Steam Deck. There's a little bit of work you have to do on the Steam Deck to kind of get it working because it's not fully compatible with Epic Anti Cheat. But once you get it working and you're playing four guys like in your hand, it's such a cool experience. Um, and again, my 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 daughter's super excited about that. Um, I, I, I think this is really, again, as a big Fall Guys fan, I'm super, super hyped because I think this is going to make Fall Guys, I think it's going to put it back in the zeitgeist to make it cool again as all these, as, as the new platforms open up, free to play, just there's a whole new audience that's going to discover the game and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I also think that in terms of the monetization stuff, like I wouldn't be too concerned because as we've seen with Epic nowadays, when it comes to these type of games, like they have a plan in place, like with Fortnite and with Rocket League, like they have their systems that people understand and don't seem too egregious. And it kind of seems dialed into a science at this point. So I imagine they're just going to apply that formula to Fall Guys and whatever other games they end up uh, kind of supporting with the same type of like platform mindset as opposed to uh individual skews and all of that um but hey we'll have to wait and see let's move one, on to- sorry, sorry just oh, one oh. final note on that because this is why i'm so proud of my daughter is like she's a proper gamer now she's almost 10 years old one of the things she was excited about was i said hey there'll be all these new people to play with and she said yeah and they'll all be noobs and they yeah. won't know that i can push them into the slime like Good she's already her. thinking about she's already thinking about how she's going to grief all these noobs she is a mm-hmm. proper gamer that is fantastic. <laughs> you raised them right, Gary. <laughs> Story number one, take two at Rockstar Sales update. We got some insane numbers for y'all. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, the series, Gary Weta, has mm. sold 375 million copies. 375 oh, million. Oh, you know what? I I, I was dr- I should have done a spit take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You want to do, do, do it again? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's do okay. It. rewind, rewind. Okay, okay. Story number one, take two in Rockstar sales update. The Grand Theft Auto series has sold 375 million. What? How many? Absolutely insane. 375 million, Gary. That's absolutely insane. Now, the more insane number, though, is the fact that Grand Theft Auto 5 makes up 165 million of those copies. Just GTA 5 is 165 million of the 375 million total of one of the greatest selling video game franchises of all time. And also, Gary, God bless you. You committed, and that was beautiful. <laughs> I'll clean that up later. I know. I have to go, yeah, I have to go back cold. and watch that like, because, that was you know, in water. <laughs> there is an art. There is an art to the spit take. There are good ones. That's my, I think that's my first time actually doing one live on camera. I'll have to go back and watch and see how well. That was executed, but I'm glad we did it. Yeah. We were just I'm, talking about all the great gifts that come out of kind of funny. I'm sure that'll be a, there's another one for you. There's one for Corey Cudney to go to work on. Yeah. I will say Greg Miller, best <laughs> spitter 
in the entire world. Oh, he does it as well. He does a good spit he take. Does like, he does like a good Hollywood spit take. Like it's impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It and is I, absolutely. And I wonder insane. if that's dedicated. I, I wonder if that's due to uh, his years of backyard wrestling and like oh, a hundred percent being who he is. One hundred sixty-five million units, uh, Tim, of one of the games in the franchise out of three hundred seventy-five million units is forty-five percent of the entire yeah. sales. I mean, that's. What? I mean, that is the thing, man. To really kind of talk about the ridiculous. Uh, numbers that were, were the scale of all of this, right? Like, how has a single video game sold 165 million copies? That's like, think about that. Think about the amount of platforms it's on. Like, that number is so astronomical compared to any video game sales number that we're ever talking about. Like, we talk about some of the biggest successes of all time things like mario kart right we talk right. about how many that thing is sold and that's in like the we're talking about 40 million and that yeah. is one of the most crazy success stories ever 165 million and still it's still going to keep rising guess what next year we're going to check in and it's going to be even higher well so greg let, let, sorry tim i'm so used to hosting with greg forgive me um let me ask you this tim what what's what what's behind that number what is it about gta 5 that it that, that, that it has put up a, a number that ridiculous there's something obviously we all know it's a great game right everyone loves gta 5 but mm -hmm. there's a bunch of great games there what is it about this one that has put it so astronomically beyond every other game in terms of sales i mean i think it's the online right it's like it, they really achieved the dream that we all had like i remember being a middle school high school aged kid uh during the the trilogy from gta 3 by city and san andreas and that was an annual event where it was like it was the equivalent to the hype going into Endgame, uh, like a, a, one of those type of Marvel movies in the like 2020s, had the same type of effect back then when it was just the new GTA release. Like, 3 set the world on fire. It changed video games. And then every year, it's like, what are we going to get? And when they followed up with Vice City, followed up with San Andreas, and then the hype leading into 4, there was that moment where things shifted from being on the PS2 and Xbox and GameCube era to the next gen of 360 PS3, which was really when online gaming kind of found its foothold. Like, sure, Halo 2 and all that kind of ushered it in uh, with Xbox Live on the, the first Xbox generation. But Call of Duty Modern Warfare really revolutionized and normalized that when you're talking about video games, there is a high percentage you're talking about playing an online first-person shooter with your friends. Right. And I think that it was during that era that we were starting to get GTA 4. And people were talking, like, can you imagine a GTA online? Can you imagine just being in this sandbox world that was revolutionized on the, the PS2 era with GTA 3, but with your friends? It's not just you single player running around in a tank blowing things up. It's you and your friends doing it together. And GTA 5 kind of knocked it out of the park when it came to just the single player portion of the game. It launched with online that didn't really work. And everyone's kind of like, all right, well, that was a fail. And then after a year, they fixed all those problems and then just kept doubling down, tripling down, adding more game modes. And GTA online has just kind of expanded to be way wilder than my imagination back playing San Andreas of what GTA online could have ever been. That's why the success is there is they achieved the dream. It's crazy because it's not like GTA Online is is without its problems, right? It's it's had issues of like you know people complain about the load times of typically typically bad. There is a lot there is a lot of toxicity, particularly on the PC side. You've got hackers. You all have all kinds of other problems. It's not it's not without its problems, and yet 
um, there's so much to do, right? It is this incredible sandbox, and like, and, and and Rockstar has supported it to such an incredible degree. Like, there's still, right? You know, recently, right, there was that big story DLC. They just keep keep building out and building out and building out that experience. It's amazing. What what I'm hoping is, as we go into GTA 6 and the next evolution of GTA Online, is that Rockstar can can push that that online experience closer to what is being done in the mod community with like kind of the role-playing servers, the no pixel stuff where people are fully voicing their characters. They're fully inhabiting that world. They're building their own social structures and ecosystems. And like, it really is becoming almost more like a second life, you know, almost like a metaverse type experience where Los Santos is just the backdrop for you to do anything you want to do. Um, I would love, I would love to see the, the game become like more immersive and, and take, and take it to that next level. But clearly what they're doing right now is working for them. Again, people complain and, and, and bitch and moan about Rockstar and GTA online all the time. Sometimes, you know, with, with a lot of validity, again, the load times and the, some of, some of the toxicity, there's, there's, there's issues there. And yet the, clearly you look at the, the numbers that the game has, has put up over the years. Yes. The re-releases or, you know, the, 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 the game has now straddled basically what three different generations, right? GTA 5 was originally a, a, a PS3 and a 360 game. We're now in the PS5 Series X generation, and it just re-released again, and they just kind of rebooted GTA Online again. So it's still as fresh as it ever was. Um, there is there is something about there, there's some secret source there that, that again, like you talk about okay, 35, 40 million for Mario Kart, Animal Crossing. These games are putting out astronomical numbers, but it's not like GTA 5 is just a little bit above those. It's like orders of magnitude above those. So there is some, they tapped into something that has, take, has taken this to a completely other level. And of course, it, it bodes very well for GTA 6 and where, and where they go next because they're building off of such a phenomenally strong foundation. The, I, I think the only game that has the potential, I think it will take years to do it. Again, it took three generations to get to these kind of numbers. But the only game that's, that, that has, a, has, I think, the potential to to take that crown from GTA five over the next you know 10, 15 years will be GTA six. Yeah. And I, I think that that is uh not a silly thing to say. I mean it, it's it's wild to think that next year is going to be a decade of GTA five. Like that yeah. is that and is so get ready for that 10 10th anniversary special re-release edition as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah let's get pump up those numbers. Uh but you know speaking of just the the success of Rockstar where it's not just Grand Theft Auto, right? Moving on to Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead 2, 44 million copies sold. That is, again, a astronomical number. Um, and the Red Dead Redemption series as a whole at 67 million. Uh, moving on from that, Borderlands 3 at 15 million. And uh, one of the highlight stories here that would make Greg Miller really happy, WWE 2K22 is the best first month sales in U.S. history uh, of a WWE 2K game. Uh, so that's good because this has been the return to form for WWE games. They've been really, really bad the last couple of years. And this one, for the most part, got it right. So it's kind of good to see them. Uh, they, they took the year off and uh, made some adjustments. And I hope that they continue to go down that path because it, the best case scenario is they continue to make great games. They make the games better and then those games sell well. So that motivates them to continue making the games well, right? So they're tapping into to something here, but it's it is just absolutely insane. To, it's to nuts. I wonder, what Skyrim's, I wonder what Skyrim's at, because that's the only other game I can think of that has that same kind of legacy story as GTA V. You know, three, it, came out of the, it came out of the 360 PS3 generation, so three generations old, and it's another one where there's been like so many different kind of re-releases and remasters. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it, it, doesn't have the, it doesn't have the same online back end that, uh, that GTA Online 
has. But I, I, Skyrim's got to have a crazy number behind it as well if you add up all the different re-releases. So looking at it, uh, last reported that I can find is Skyrim is at 30 million. Um, it's not bad. Yeah, that uh, bringing it in at number 20 highest selling game of all time. Uh, right now, number one is Minecraft at 238 million. Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising. Number two being GTA 5. Um, but yeah, man, and there's like a sharp decline after that. Like it goes from 165 million sold to Tetris at 100. And then we sports. See, I would have thought two. I would have thought Tetris much higher when you think about all the different SKUs and all the different releases. Yeah, over the years. A, I don't know who knows how. And that's been around since like ni- that's been around since the 80s. I I think if you could actually get a proper accounting of all the different sales of all the different versions of Tetris since like 1988, uh, uh, like 87-88 when that game first came out. Because yeah, you know, every it's been on every platform on the planet, right? And there's been so many different versions of it. I think I think you I, I think Tetris probably is way bigger than than that number suggests. Man, yeah, nuts numbers. All of these. Uh, what does this mean for for GTA Six? We actually had a a reader write in. Don't poke the pigeonhole. <laughs> Writes in and says, "When are we getting GTA Six? Never. I mean, that's what a question for the ages, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's there's a uh, the, I don't know if you I, I imagine you have seen it. There's like a YouTube. There's a kind of funny YouTube short going around of you guys responding, reacting to some kind of live thing where the Rockstar logo comes up and then they show the city in the background and you guys are like, oh, this is and then you realize it's actually another GTA 5 remaster. I fucking mm-hmm. hate it when they I still I still will never forgive Sony for the way they did that. Remember they did that first PS5? showcase and they opened the it with a rockstar that, uh, logo I think that, and a picture of a city and everyone lost yeah. their shit that's what it was yeah that's yeah. the clip that they were reacting to in that fuck the, the, honestly they knew they were fucking with us when they did oh that. Yeah. they knew how people were going to react yeah that was that was ridiculous oh my god <laughs> but it's just going to make it all the sweeter for when gta 6 really does drop i mean and, and yeah. you know and they did at least they did that, they did that one official statement right where they confirmed yes we are working on it so yeah it's 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 out it is my number one anticipated game if i could fast forward into the future of the release date of any game real or imagined that could be in the future it would be gta 6 yeah yeah i don't know i feel like it's one of the most ridiculous things to even try to predict because it's it could be any time it could be i mean i don't think it's going to be any time very very soon but i feel like 2024 the end of it is the earliest we might see it but yeah 2030 is the latest any of those anything in between yeah totally could happen but i'm still holding out my prediction that it's going to be gta vi for the six and then they're going to add city and it's going to be gta vice city with the vi is that what you want you want you want to go back to vice city i think that'd be cool i think it's inevitable that whatever the next Whatever GTA 6 is going to be, I think is going to be worldwide. I don't think it's just going to be one place. I think it's going to be a much more interconnected world um, that maybe you can travel between uh, Los Santos and Vice City. And like San Andreas, like they do with San Andreas, we did three different cities. Yeah, like the like the OG San Andreas, exactly. Yeah. But a little bit more and like kind of uh, expanded over time with like big season uh, expansions. Like I wouldn't be surprised if GTA 6... Uh, is like the the final gta like the, where they try to make it more of a platform and like do what they've been trying to do with gta online but not with a game that is 10 years old you know right doing with with something that's proper next gen um especially as we're in this moment right now where we are finally getting to ps5 and xbox series x exclusive type titles um so 
We'll see. But moving on to story number two. Techland is developing a AAA open-world fantasy action RPG with former CD Projekt Red staff. This comes from Sal Romano at Kotaku. Techland is developing a AAA open-world action RPG set in a fantasy environment with former CD Projekt Red staff. We're happy with what we've accomplished with the Dying Light franchise so far, uh, says Techland CEO. Moreover, our journey with Dying Light 2 Stay Human has only just begun as we plan to support this game for at least five years with its scope and size matching, if not exceeding what we have provided our community with during post-launch support for its predecessor. At the same time, our ambition is to introduce a brand new IP that is vastly different from what we have been doing for the past several years we want to create a fully next gen experience a new fantasy epic set in a sprawling open world fueled by the skills and experience we have gained as a team over the years infused with new ideas passion and creativity while we cannot share any more details about this project now we're all truly invested in it and looking forward to showing it to gamers when the time is right and then they have a breakdown of what the team for this fantasy fantasy rpg looks like uh includes the narrative director who previously worked on cg project reds which Witcher 2 and Witcher 3, uh, plus its DLC. A narrative lead who previously worked with CG Project Red on Witcher 2, Witcher 3, and its DLC as well. And then in the last few months, the team was also joined by the open world director from Cyberpunk and Witcher 3, uh, the creative director who previously worked on Prince of Persia Sands of Time and Mad Max for Warner Brothers. Um, we had the lead game designer previously associated with Arcane Studios from Deathloop and the lead animator from uh, Guerrilla Games uh, with from Horizon Zero Dawn and Frozen Wilds, as well as lead interface designer uh from people can fly kind of a baller ass team yeah um the dying light games have never really done that much for me i've never i've, I've never really gotten into this most recent game i know got very um i was i was like halfway excited about it and then when the reviews came out it was very everyone i spoke to was like eh and so i never really bothered with it but yeah but you know it's like you said it is a it's a very impressive team Part of what put part of, part of what put me off dying light is I'm just I'm a little bit zombied out, Tim. There's so many zombie games out there. I kind of feel like it's starting to, you know, the, the impact of each one is starting to get thinned out a little bit by uh, just how many there are, and it's just getting a little bit tiresome for me. Zombie, it, every game is zombie, zombie. We get zombies. it, Gary. You did Walking Dead. We can move on. I mean, I'm part of the problem, right? And so it's 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 if it's not Days Gone, it's 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 uh, it's Dying Light or something else. There's just so many um games out there that you know you're running around trying not to get bitten by a zombie um if they're doing something different that's the thing i get i i, I get really bored by the fact that like so many games have the same setting it's either generic kind of tolkien-esque fantasy or a generic sci-fi setting or more post-apocalyptic zombie stuff particularly the post-apocalypse thing i think is like it's done we should move on like find something else and so I will, you, you know, for me, like the world and the setting and the immersion and the storytelling and the narrative, the world building, the mythology, that's always such a big part of what, of how invested I feel like I can get in the game. So if they, if they can bring something new and different in terms of the world that we're going to explore, and it's not just more zombies or more, um, you know, guys running around in suits of armor or whatever, then I might be, so I'll, I'll wait and see, but I, I'm, I'm open-minded. Yeah, I think this is exciting because, you know, they've, they've, Proven they have this stuff when it comes to Dying Light 1. We talk about a lot as being one of the, the first big spring games that uh, kind of changed video game release schedule strategy um, the last generation. And their support of the game has been so impressive over the last 
I mean, seven years at this point. Um, and it seems like they're planning to do the same with uh, Dying Light 2. So they got a lot of a lot of talent over there. And I think adding the the list of names that I, I went through here, it's like that they're really building something special and they are doing something different here. Like this open world RPG not being a zombie game, it being like something that is outside of their wheelhouse from what we know and expect from them, but applying kind of the um learnings that they've had from the the past two games uh on the dying light side i think is is really interesting and i also think that it's exciting to me that we're in a new era of video games where this article ends or not article this uh blog post ends with them saying techland's now hiring as it prepares to significantly grow the development team we're in this era where there are teams out there that are announcing projects in this fashion where it's not the crazy CG reveal or whatever. It's just kind of like, hey, we're working on a big AAA game, but we're trying to talk about it now so that we can get the right talent involved and, and hired on to, to build it out so that people are excited about it. And hopefully in like four years, you are seeing this at a Summer Game Fest press conference and you know the kind of work that went into getting it to where you're going when you're watching this vertical slice um, as AAA games just get bigger and bigger and bigger. I think that I, I've always been a fan of games being able to be a bunch of different things like i i think that there needs to be kojima type titles that are it is just a cg reveal trailer that doesn't have gameplay and we're talking about it for five years at the same time i think there needs to be games that are shown and they're like hey it's out today like having that kind of variation is i think a good thing but i i think that we've been lacking this type of early on transparency when it comes to AAA game development um and i i'm pleased to be seeing as much of it now like this and there's other like new teams coming up that are they're kind of these like avenger style super teams of people that left other companies like uh what's the one i'm thinking of right now the uh uh that's no moon yeah you know what i'm talking about um like things like that where it's like like scott lowe and them yeah that's correct that's yeah no moon is the name of yeah that. it's like i i think it's cool that there are these teams kind of uh forming up from the ashes of or like not even ashes but of just like from people that clearly like learned a lot from these other giant studios um and so now them kind of like do their own um thing i think is is really cool and to be talking about games this way this open um this early i think is a valuable thing for the industry from a from a consumer i i generally prefer to wait until they've got something to show. I mean, we just talked about this earlier, right? With Rockstar said, yeah, we're working on GTA six. And they, and they just said that without any spectacle, right? It wasn't like there was a cinema, a cinematic or any kind of reveal. They just, yeah, we're working on it. And we see this more and more now companies saying, yep, yeah, we're, we're going to start to uh, like CD project red just said not too long ago, right? We're going to work on, yes, we are starting work on a new game in the Witcher universe. We've got nothing to show you yet, but we are doing it. And you know, there's, it, it, if you're super excited about that universe, that's good to know. From my point of view, I'm just like, great come back to me when you've got something to show me. I generally prefer to wait until there's something to see. But to your point, uh, uh, Tim, it's interesting that um, a lot of these a lot of these pre-announcements now are being made almost more as like recruitment announcements rather than like hype announcements. Like, hey, we're building a game. We need people to come work with us. We were just talking the other day, um, the other recently on the show about how uh, there's so much expansion going on in the game business right now. The game business is very kind of healthy economically. Teams are growing, more projects. Everyone's recruiting. Everyone's hiring. There's it, it's it's very much a seller's market in the in the game development labor market. If you're a game developer with a skill set, you've got a lot of options in front of you right now. Everybody want everybody wants you to come work with them as they're scaling up and building, um, adding adding new projects to their portfolio, building bigger and more ambitious projects. And that, like you said, that's part of it now. Sometimes it'll be very You'll see like Naughty Dog will say, hey, look, we have a bunch of jobs that we're hiring on. It's it, it's for this kind of a game. And they'll give you 
just barely enough for like a, you know a prospective candidate to go oh i could be helpful with that kind of a project but sometimes it is now it's more like this where you've got the dying light developers going we're working on this big thing and it's going to be this and it's going to be that and we need people to come work with us and so it's like i said it's much about recruitment as it is about hype these days absolutely uh before we get to the next story I wanted to let you know that you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let's tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Lumen. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up the skincare game. Thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your face. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin. Gia has been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh so clean afterward she has dry skin so especially during the winter it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation also she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell all you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs level up your skincare game with lumen skin today you can go to lumenskin.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumen's products that's l-u-m-i-n-s-k-i-n.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumens products lumenskin.com slash kind of funny shout out to maple story for sponsoring this episode are you tired of being judged based on the way you look maple story is too because while it may look cute and cuddly this is a deeply hardcore mmorpg maple story is full of vast colorful lands and a ferocious array of towering monsters and don't get us started about damage maple story will have you dealing billions with each swing of your fafnir battle cleaver as you battle boss after epic boss and you can customize your mapler your way maple story has 40 plus jobs and thousands of weapons outfits hats armor sets and mounts for you to take on your journey from the lionheart battle bracers to vicious lollipop wands and you know i love a lollipop wand there's a ton to see and do in this picturesque world and with 18 years of content to sink your genesis weapon into there will always be a new adventure around the corner maple story is ready to go are you you can go to maplestory.com to check out the game and play for free that's free guys come on maplestory.com story number three there was a um showcase this morning gary from 505 games their spring 2022 showcase and cat bailey from ign gave us a little rundown this was uh one of those first showcases of the the summer season where we're like okay we're about to get into naughty three summer game fest all of this maybe there's a nintendo thing maybe there's a sony thing there's definitely an xbox thing but now everyone's like okay cool we're gonna we're gonna get on here too we're gonna latch on and, and see what happens this happened at 6 a.m for us so we're like are we gonna cover it i don't think it's worth it and after all said and done gary looking at what they announced i think we made the right call um iodin chronicle 100 heroes was the main attraction heading into today's 505 game spring 2022 showcase but the anticipated jrpg was more or less absent from the morning's event instead the focus was on among the trolls stray blade miyasami chronicles and iodin chronicle rising the last of which was just recently released um among the trolls is a supernatural first person survival game set among finland's deep forests developed by forbidden studios a team comprised of former skyrim fallout 4 and vampire the masquerade developers it's in some ways as much firewatch as it is don't starve 
The second game shown during 505 Showcase was Stray Blade, a Souls-like that pairs an anthropologist with the mischievous Boji. A anthropologist? No, is it that? There's no L here, unless they just misspelled it. I don't know. I don't think a anthropologist gremlin... is a thing. Yeah, what the hell is an anthropologist? I'm going to chalk this one up to a typo. I think they meant to say anthropologist. It's an anthropologist with a mischievous boji, a gremlin-like creature that can cast spells and provide reviving support if the main character goes down. Uh, then Iodin Chronicle 100 Heroes continues to be nowhere to be seen following its delay into 2023. Uh, instead, Iodin Chronicle Rising was showcased one more time for fans who haven't yet picked up the town-building spinoff set in the Iodin Chronicle world. The showcase's final game was a teaser for Miyasama Chronicles, a brief trailer featuring a boy, his robot, and what seems to be an extra-dimensional force. It's being developed by the bearded ladies, the student behind Mutant Year Zero. Interesting. Kind of seems like a weird set of collection of games to have a showcase. Like I, I still stand by like these showcases need one kind of tentpole event to then have the, the random game announcements and the other yeah. things people are working on. And it seems like this kind of lacked it, especially as Kat kind of uh, explains that the thing everyone was looking for uh, was Iodin Chronicles 100 Heroes, and it wasn't there. So I don't know. It kind of bums me out that uh, showcases are still at a point in 2022 that they're they're not getting it. They're not getting the memo. But um, I don't know. What's your take? I mean, you weren't wrong about this being an up and down mixed bag news day, were you? It's like we. Mm -hmm. I, I was I was excited about Fall Guys. I was excited about the GTA stuff, even though you know just sales news. It's not like there's anything new coming down the pipe. And then man, we went off a cliff, didn't we? Now we're talking about a showcase that you know again a lot of times when you see these showcases even like the big even like the big ones like that last peer that last playstation showcase everyone was like why'd you bother you know so i always kind of feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna call it a showcase if you're gonna put on a show make sure that what what you have is again even if it's just one thing i, I, I think you can call a showcase a win if people come away talking about one thing, right? You, you just need one thing to create buzz. And sometimes it's the thing you lead with, right? Sometimes it is your tent pole, as you say, Tim, but sometimes it's the, it's the surprise thing, right? It's like, oh, that, you know, there was like the eight, that one little weird indie game they showed, that's the one that got, that's got everyone talking. As long as you can create some buzz around one thing, I think it, it's worth doing. But if you've got a bunch of like, you know, whatever stuff, like even even like putting it all together, like oh maybe like maybe if we take all these games together and do a showcase out of them, it'll add up to something. I don't know. I think you can. I think we've seen before that a showcase can sometimes be less than the sum of its parts. Absolutely. And I, for some reason, am still holding out hope that this summer we're going to see a little bit more restraint and a little bit more refinement when it comes to the output of these showcases. But I'll tell you what, we're off to a very bad start with that. Uh, moving on to story number four. This one's an interesting one. Uh, this this is something that could turn into nothing, Gary, but it could turn into a, a pretty exciting future. Uh, Microsoft patent could verify physical games for Xbox Digital Library. This comes from Andrew McPhillips at Game Rant. The two most recent console generations have seen a market shift away from physical disc-based games and towards digital downloads straight onto the console. While there are those that remain adamantly in favor of physical games, the option is becoming less and less substantial. The discs for many modern games like Halo Infinite don't even hold the entire game and require a digital download and an online connection to play. 
This current trend for online connection requirements in digital games was first forecasted by Microsoft uh, at its showcase reveal for the Xbox One back in 2013, where the reaction was so overwhelmingly negative that Microsoft backtracked many of its features announced for the Xbox One. However, over time, many of these features have since crept into the home consoles. Digital games have become so prevalent that both Xbox and PlayStation's next-gen consoles have versions without disc drive. These digital-only options are cheaper, but do leave some players with a few worries. However, Microsoft has now filed a patent for a system which may eliminate one of those worries for Xbox Series S buyers. The patent describes a system that allows an external disk drive to authenticate an Xbox game and allow the player access to digital versions of that game through the Xbox Series S game store. It's unknown whether the patent would allow players to redeem a digital version of the game to add permanently to their digital library, or whether the patent would simply be the basis for an external disk drive Xbox Series S players could purchase if they wanted to play backwards-compatible Xbox One games. It would seem unlikely that players would be allowed to duplicate their copy of a game if there were any chance the disk could then be sold and duplicated again, though perhaps the patent could identify whether the disk had been validated before, like with the codes for redeeming digital games through the Xbox Game Store. The patent description also seems to suggest that an Xbox One could be linked with the Xbox Series S and used as an external disk drive for authenticating the game, but whether they could be linked wirelessly or would require a connection is unclear. What do you think? I think the I think that the whole, you know, transition from physical disks to to more of an online digital ecosystem, you know, has a lot of there's a lot of reasons to like it. I I haven't bought a, a, a disc in a long time i've got my playstation 5 and my xbox series x i honestly can't even I, they could have both have shipped with duff, duff disc drives for all i know i've never put a disc in them to try them i honestly don't know if they work um i would have preferred i would have preferred that microsoft had a discless option for the series x the same way they have for the for the current uh ps5 because i'm just not a disc guy anymore i don't want to have to get up off the couch and swap discs anytime i want to play a game one of the nice things about digital right is you can just like jump around and you know the games are all there um, but they, but we know there are a lot of negatives as well, right? We just saw with um, the the uh, the Xbox uh, online crash that they had, right? Where a bunch that suddenly a bunch of your games wouldn't work, even though the disc is in the drive. That's that's not good. Um, I don't I don't like being made to feel like a criminal every time I play my Nintendo Switch. I don't have most of my Nintendo Switch games are digital, but some of them we do have on disc. But it still insists on doing this check, right? It, it makes me wait for five seconds checking to see if the game can be played. Fuck you, the game's in the fucking disc, is, the, the cartridge is in the drive. You know it's in there because you've, you're showing it to me in my library. What are you checking? That I've fucking stolen it or something? What the fuck? I don't like it. I think if you've got, if the disc is in, if the fucking disc is in the drive, that's the that's the that's the sure beginning and the end disc. of it. We want to make sure. It's what are you the, what are you the checking? Little thing that like when you lick it, it tastes bad. We want to make sure it's the correct thing. It drives me crazy if the disc is in the drive. That's the that's all she wrote. What more do you need to know? Now I understand Tim what you just what you just explained about how the verification thing needs to have some security around it because otherwise, right? I could just bring all my disc collection over to your house. You scan all my discs. They all get verified on your system, and then I, you know, basically you can. You could just keep cloning discs, you know, and and get and, and validate in that online um, copy. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think as long as the disc is in the drive, that's 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 the end of the situation. And I don't, you know, like every time you talk about that Xbox One launch, I get those douche chills because man, was that bad? Do you remember how bad that was? Oh, yeah. That oh, sharing, yeah. that sharing thing. You've got thirty days to share it or whatever it was. It was awful, and of course, it end, you know, ended up creating one of the great. Memes of of all time with um, with Adam Boyd and the yeah. like 
oh my god just having just having so much fun with it um and i think all the big companies right now the three major ones certainly nintendo sony and microsoft are all trying to figure out a way to make it easy for you to share your games for you to you know move discs around for you to for you to, for you to be able to play but at the same time deal with all the different ways that that can be exploited if security isn't tight enough right they're trying to find a happy medium and, may, and maybe there isn't one like you're always going to piss someone off on one side of the equation right either the security is so tight that, it, that it's an it's an irritation for people who have a legitimate copy of the game or it's not tight enough that people are going to exploit it and start and and, and start stealing games and sharing games that they really shouldn't be doing um and so and that's a reality you know that's the make or break for for consoles yeah. like the the psp one of the biggest reasons of its failure was how easy that thing was to pirate like the the right. amount of games that would leak months before they were even out that you they were just easily accessible it's like it was not a challenge at all you download that thing and just play it and it's just on your your system like right that screwed the psp and like even the wii which was obviously such a major success like it hit a major hurdle at some point where software was just kind of just being found on the internet like commonly from everyone so it's like in this era where um they are actually selling digital versions of the games and that is just normalized they need to come up with systems that actually work it reminds me of like the early days of pc right with like you needed a serial number like you needed the actual right. code to like right. authenticate it because all it was was just a exe file being passed I mean, around on the fucking internet I'm, so you I'm had old some enough, level i'm old enough to remember code wheels and you look up this page in the manual and what's the eighth word on the fifth line and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff that they would you know the all the different copy protection um they used to have like little, literally a little plastic dongle that you'd plug into the back of your computer to verify i think part of the problem tim is it was still in this we're still in this very transitional age right where physical media is still very much a thing right the disk drives are still in the consoles don't forget pc left this behind a long time ago like i guarantee you any like 99 of like gaming pcs that are out there right now don't even have a physical disk drive in them anymore because mm -hmm. we're past that pc games don't even really ship as physical copies anymore steam and epic game store it's all fully digital so we've we've already moved over complete that transition is over the consoles are still in the middle of that transition right physical discs are still very much in the mainstream but online sales are still i can't remember exactly what the what the exact ratio is but they're still it's not like one is niche any it's, it's it, they're both very very still like big parts of the ecosystem uh, and the economics of, of how these games are bought and sold um but i i, I think it i think it's going to become less of a problem as we as, as we inevitably will the console market transitions more to just a purely digital ecosystem but i my prediction and you know clip this for when i turn out to be wrong you know seven or eight years from now is that the playstation 6 and whatever the next xbox is called just won't there just won't be a disk drive option I think give, 10 years from now, physical games will just be gone. Maybe they'll exist in, like, in the way that like vinyl exists now or like, you know, the limited run games people do their thing. But I think that physical games are increasingly on their way to becoming a niche. And with all of the caveats and all of the problems, online authentication, oh, you can't play this game you definitely own because you're not online right now, even though it's a, a single player game with no multiplayer functionality. If we can't do the online check, sorry, you can't play it. All of those things are gonna continue to dog us for a while. I just think that the issue that I'm having with, oh, you know, why, why, fuck, I, honestly, I'm never, you should see me, Tim. You think it was bad just a minute ago. See me when I'm actually doing it, when I'm trying to play Nintendo Switch Sports or something where the cartridge is in the drive, is, is in the system. It's going, hmm, let me just make sure that you haven't like, you know, come by this, you know, illegitimately. Let's make sure you actually own this game. I honestly, I'm fucking, 
I fucking hate it. Like, you know it's there. I have a physical copy of it. You know it's there. You're reading data off of it right now. What are you trying to check for? What the fuck more do you need to know if the disk is in the drive? Um, but when there's no longer disks in drive, I, drives that will go away. And I and I and I do think that. May, I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Do you think the next generation of consoles will have disk drives, or do you think we'll be past it by then? I, I think that there's a a couple x factors that we would need to know to really be able to predict that i am with you that it it is inevitable that they will go away just like they did on pcs but i think that the that would require like you were talking about the economics to really shift and change as long as places like best buy and gamestop are as popular as they are and i know that they've been on a downward slope in terms of uh buying video games but downward slope is still bringing in hundreds of millions in sales a year uh for mm. these games and until storefronts physical storefronts can find a way to actually sell digital things in a way that people don't think is stupid i, I think that they will always have to do it because they'd be like just missing out on so much money and I, I think that there will come a point that that's not true anymore and i imagine it will be in the next decade i just think it is still uh unknown factor on when we're actually going to get these next-gen consoles but i do think that because of the state of the pandemic and everything kind of making this the the uh, initial launch of this generation a little bit more spread out and delayed over a couple years as opposed to before where i think we would have been hit the ground running a lot quicker um into next gen like i think that people often are in the chat or in the comments being like when are they going to stop calling it next gen and it's like the answer is i'm going to stop calling it next gen when there doesn't feel like there has to be a distinction between last gen and this gen. We're still in that moment though. Like normally that would go away within like six months of the consoles launching, but because these things aren't as readily available as they used to be, I still think we're in this like weird crossover phase. And until we're getting the majority of video games being made exclusively for those systems, it is still somewhere in that weird kind of, nebulous zone i just, I, um, I think it's, i think it's a matter of when or if you talk about like the big retailers and how much you know it's nice it's it, you know it's it's nice to just go to a store and browse right we all enjoy doing that but i think that video games are on the same inevitable track um that music was on and that movies are in the middle of right now right like you know i i'm you know you, you may be as well i'm certainly old enough to remember going to tower records and it was fun to kind of browse around you know and and, and pick up a cd and, and and bring it home or whatever or virgin megastore when i was a kid the, the record stores that i used to go to that's a thing of the past now that's gone you know now you go to amoeba records and browse through you know kind of old you know vinyls and there's there's still people are still physically making them but you know, you know physical physical record stores record retailers are gone they're gone um and and movies are in the middle of that right now i have a big collection of blu-rays i love my movies i used to collect blu-rays and 4k discs all the time i haven't bought a physical disc in a very very long time because i again i've completely transitioned over to and again now i know that cinephiles and other people they want to have their physical copy they'll tell you that the compression and the bit rates and stuff are always better on a physical disc although that gap is closing all the time they they like being had they like again they like having just knowing that the disc is on their shelf and not having to worry about oh for some reason it you know it's failing the online check i don't really own it anymore or whatever i, I understand all of that it's nice to have security knowing that the disc is on your shelf but those people are becoming fewer and fewer every day so you just look at the track that, the, that these any media that that has both a physical and an online option right music came and gone that story's over physical's gone in any in any meaningful way movies are in the middle of it right now as we transition to a, to a streaming and digital economy blu-ray sales 4k discs all those sales are going in the toilet will it will increasingly become just a thing for 
uh, you know, uh, audio files and, and cineasts. Um, and and games are right behind it. Games will inevitably follow. They're just they're, they'll be the last. That'll be the last domino to fall. Gary, I, I pre-ordered a, a 4K Blu-ray yesterday. Um, and this, and what was it? Tim? <laughs> proud of me. It was Sonic the Hedgehog too. Hell yeah, oh, Tim! I'm I very excited. I can't I'm wait for excited. that to drop on digital. I'm so excited to watch it again. Yeah, what a great yeah. movie! No, I, I I am the guy you're talking about, and I know that I am. Like, and it, it is sad for me. I talk about this on a lot of different shows. Like, I I buy every movie on 4k blu-ray just because i like having it i like having that quality it's the best way to get the like lossless audio and that is the defining feature but you saying we're in the middle of it with movies i don't think we are i think that we're past that i think that physical movies are a thing of the past and they are at this point as silly of a concept as vinyl is where it's like it's this oh, so, oh you think it, that you think the physical to digital transition in, in movies is farther along or? i think it's over i think okay. uh, yeah I, I think that it is a niche thing i mean it's not i think i know it's a niche thing at this point like go to where do you buy 4k blu-rays that's a question the answer is best buy go to a best buy and look at the 4k blu-ray section it's the saddest thing in the world it's not even a section so anymore. sad in the last six months it literally I haven't went looked, from I haven't looked at a physical re- a physical retailer in a long Dude. time they're just like end caps. It's just one little thing of like, hey, 4K Blu-ray releases. Yeah. And like then there's like more leftover Friends DVD collections than there is new 4K uh, So this, So like, this is my point. Physical movies, sorry, physical music, right? Vinyl and CDs um, is, has now become a, a niche enthusiast market. To your to your point, Tim, mo- movies are basically almost there as well. My only argument is that games are why, – why wouldn't games inevitably be the third – Story, the third, third chapter in that story. The, yeah, the, the no, physical so, games will always be around, but it'll be a niche thing for enthusiasts, and the and and the mainstream will will be fully digital. I am that enthusiast in every single way. Like I'm just a, a physical person when it comes to that stuff. Like I still buy CDs. Like I and I, but again, I know that I'm the niche. I've been the niche since I was in high school, and my friends are like, "What the fuck are you do?" And I'm like, "I just like having this shit. I rip my own CDs. I do all that stuff. I'm crazy like that." And I get that. The difference between movies and and um, and games though is the file size, and I think that that is the one big hurdle that needs to get figured out. And I think it's figuring itself out every year. You start looking at things, and there's multiple ways you have to look about it. It's the hard drive space itself, which is getting yep. cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. We yep. did have a recent period of ssds going from hard drives to solid state drives so we're kind of again starting from not zero but like we have to work our way back up to ssds being large enough and cheap enough to just not even think about it in the way that like i remember when 256 gigabyte hard drives were hundreds of dollars nowadays for a hundred dollars you can get 10 terabytes or whatever the hell it is like, that's it's the thing absolute nonsense that, that's the, that's the other side of the of the equation Tim. when i said that uh, I, there's an argument that the next that the playstation 6 and the next xbox won't have a physical disk drive what they will have instead is like a five or a 10 terabyte ssd mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and then and then and then the other bottleneck is the um the internet is, is the internet and, and we mm-hmm. know that we know that that's getting better as well more and more fiber mm-hmm uh out there you know it's it's getting you know i i have a i have a a, a gig um connection i can download a game like that wait until we get to 10 gigs in in, yep. in a decade from now when we're yep. looking at that next generation so it's yeah it's it's there and i know that i know that the physical diehard people out there don't like it and they'll always have their arguments against it but it it, it is it, it is as inevitable as the tides somebody gave me a cd the other day it was like they, they had made it was like they had their own band and said oh listen here's my music here's a cd and i and i took it you know graciously but in the back of my head i'm thinking what the fuck am i even supposed to do like, do i even have anything at home that can even play this i don't know like if i put if i put if i put an audio cd 
in my PlayStation 5 or my Series X, will it play it? I don't even fucking know. But I don't have a dedicated like audio CD player anymore. I haven't for years. Remember when we used to, remember, you, you must have had this, right? You must have had like a CD rack, right? Like a CD tower with all your CDs do. on it. Do you really? Hell yeah, oh, dude. dude. I'm a fucking nerd. Are you kidding me? Like, y'all need to see like, the dumb shit. But again, no, saw... Tim, you are, you are the enthusiast's oh, enthusiast. I, and, I am. And, and, I, and, I, and I know I'm right that. there with Tim because, like, I still have an all-in-one CD record and I think tape player that still works. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, but so here's the thing. Like, I, I know we're going long to this, but I fucking love this stuff. But, like, we're in a really interesting moment right now that hurts me as the person that i am as the enthusiast where about a year ago maybe two years ago we hit a point where cd quality is inferior to streaming quality like title did this major push right, into yeah. the hi-fi that masters, used to be the argument stuff. right and that's that, and, that's flipped and now that like everyone else like spotify is the the one lagging right now but they will uh like they were supposed to by the end of last year. We'll see when they fucking do it. But like uh, Apple Music right now for no extra charge, just Apple Music, no matter what tier you have of Apple Music, you can get high res, lossless, all this crazy stuff. And it is higher, better quality than an actual than ripping your own CDs. And that to me, I'm like, damn, like I just lost. And, we're, <laughs> and, and, and that's we happening getting... now for movies as yes, well. Yes, it like, is. I saw a thing the other day where they did a similar comparison, right? They took a 4K Blu-ray and they compared it they did like a, I don't remember what the website was, but it was a digital foundry type destination for movies. They took a 4K Blu-ray and they compared it to like the 4K Apple TV download and then like the version of it that was streaming off of like Disney Plus or whatever site that had it. And their conclusion was after doing a pretty forensic analysis was unless you're like one of these pixel counters on AVS forums, a 2010 vision, who's like really, really, really nitpicking, 99.9% .9 of the people cannot tell the difference anymore. Like they, they, there's no argument to be made in, oh, but this is superior quality. Like you cannot tell the difference anymore. See, but here's where it gets even more interesting, and I promise this will be the last thing I say about this, is <laughs> what you're probably talking about is this really unfortunate, interesting place we are right now with licensing for the different technologies, things like Dolby uh, Vision and Atmos and uh, the different HDR types and mm -hmm. IMAX, where we're finally at a point, and it fucking breaks my heart, but the MCU movies that are coming out, the 4K Blu-ray discs, and at this point in time, the sound quality of a Blu-ray disc is unrivaled on streaming. And I don't think we're going to get to that lossless point anytime soon because of the data sizes and all that stuff. Like undeniably listening to a, uh, any movie, uh, on the 4k disc in this room is demonstrably better than watching it on Disney plus or any streaming service. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. However, okay. the visual side of it, there's still a lot of problems and like, it's not perfect, but the IMAX formats that Disney Plus offers for like the Marvel movies is inherently a better image quality than what they're offering on their 4K Blu-ray discs. And certain things look better because there's no artifacting and there's no like actual streaming that has to happen. But in terms of what is actually being shown, it's better on the streaming service. And that's not available on these fucking $30 discs that I'm buying. Don't forget also, it. Tim, when you put in a 4K, unless something's changed in the last couple of years, you still have to sit through two minutes of bullshit before you can even press play. With a streaming movie, you're off right, you're, you're off to the races immediately. Yeah, it, it's all complicated. You have to sit through all the FBI is... bullshit and, oh yeah. my God, come on. I just want to watch the fucking movie. Yeah, show me the fucking movie. Anyways, thank you all for hanging out for our nerd talk. Uh, we also talk about video games here. You can stay tuned to our post show that we're about to do. But for everyone else, I love you all. Goodbye.